had some car repairs to do, but I could only pay for half of them. Brokers Lamina at 1-800-NEW-CREDIT made the difference between stressed out driving and a smooth ride to work. Mark went the extra mile on his repairs with a loan from Brokers Lamina at 1-800-NEW-CREDIT. It's easy to apply over the phone or online at Lamina.ca. Get approved instantly up to $1,000 with no documents or credit checks and pay back over three to five months. Spice up your week and call 1-800-NEW-CREDIT or apply online at Lamina.ca. Up. Your host of the most, George McCarm in the building. Here with my cohort in crime, Steve the Animal Mitchell. What's going on, wrestling fans? What's going on is that you and I are um, about to embark on a journey where we're most likely going to get some heat. Uh, to all our fans out there, we thank you so much for tuning in as always as you do. Uh, we were supposed to bring you uh, the episode today with um, Ace... With Ace Piva. Ace Piva um, to do the uh, mental health and wrestling episode yes. that we were really excited about doing. Steve was going to kind of take the forefront on that interview. Definitely be rescheduling with that gentleman, that fine gentleman that we're going to be doing an episode that will be entitled Wrestling with Mental Health. And it's going to be very cool to touch on those those mental health issues that all the, that well, everybody goes through, but specifically what everybody in the wrestling industry um, a lot go through and are currently going through as we speak. Yeah, so that's definitely on the pipeline. We had some scheduling conflicts this weekend, which didn't work. So we decided to kind of reschedule that one. We're also going to reschedule with Stone Rockwell, who's a great character up and coming you may have seen him on tna impact we're going to get a short interview with him also going to sit down one-on-one with uh, john i don't want to pronounce his last name wrong oh with john uh, more so uh john more so um who plays jay um kayan um kaden um he, he plays uh, this really really awesome character this super hardcore dude that just absolutely goes out there and he just destroys every single time and it's just so uh, john caden so, so 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 sorry he's gonna kick my ass for this he's literally ah. gonna hear this and be like what the hell is wrong with you bro i'm glad i didn't john caden <laughs> ladies and gentlemen my my sincerest of apologies to to you john specifically um <laughs> but bottom line is a uh, super hardcore dude just gives it his all and is really he's he's an up-and-comer and I uh, can't wait to sit with, down with him and really go through everything that everybody's going through currently in the trenches of just up-and-coming independent wrestler with no name behind you at all. Perfect. That'll be a great one to touch on as well. And then, as always, we do have plans to sit down with the current Destiny Wrestling Champion, Josh Alexander, a.k.a. The Walking Weapon. Yes. So that should be awesome. That'll be another awesome interview, too. So we got these things coming down the pipeline. When they are coming... We will obviously let you know right now. All of those are definitely in the works, so stay tuned. Got a lot of cool guests that are coming up, and we're just building from uh, sitting down with George the Iceman. It was our first interview. You can catch that on all of our platforms. As always, with all of our previous episodes, last week's episode as well, everything's available on iTunes. Don't forget, January 1st, episode 20 to 40 will be gone, and we will just have 40 to uh, current. So that'll be exciting as well. So today's episode, because we couldn't sit down with Ace Piva, Today's episode is breaking down and dissecting the epic history-making pay-per-view that we all just witnessed, the all-women's pay-per-view, the first all-women's pay-per-view in all of wrestling, and uh, that was WWE Evolution. 
and a lot of people loved it. A lot of people praised it. You and I agreed there are a lot of bright spots, and this is where I spoke of at the beginning of the episode with the heat that we're going to get. Because as much as there were bright spots, as wrestling fans, as diehard wrestling fans of literally three plus decades, the both of us, 60 years combined, 30 each, there's a lot of things that were head scratchers to us. Yep. And being as passionate of wrestling fans as we are, we decided, you know what? Screw it. We're going to say what we got to say. We hope we get some heat because you know what? A lot of you guys out there that listen to us, we don't hear much from you. So don't forget to hit us up on our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter. Let us know your thoughts. If you think we're two jackasses sitting in a room that don't know crap, hey, tell us. I would welcome the criticism because at the end of the day, you're taking the time out to listen to us. So you must like what we have to say. And then cue the Adam Sandler that is, well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every word that I have got to say. If you're going to give Jim Cornette a platform, at least let us express ourselves, okay? And to Jim Cornette, as I always say, shut your big fat southern mouth. <laughs> so now, without further ado, we are going to dissect this pay-per-view from beginning to end. We'll throw in our tidbits, we'll throw in our, our likes, our dislikes. Um, one thing off the bat that we do want to talk about would probably be match of the night. I want to get this out of the way right away because this is literally probably the only good piece of information that we have to share Everything else will be dissected. There are some bright spots here and there, but this is one that was through and through. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. We've seen it. We've seen it over and over and over again. But this time is different because we've seen it with Charlotte as the heel and not Becky as the heel. We've also seen it with Charlotte as the heel and the strap, but not with Becky as the heel and the strap. What a refreshing change it has been. Since the SummerSlam heel turn, Becky Lynch has literally been the hottest female in WWE. Yep. I'm not going to say all of wrestling, because that would be a lie, but I'm going to say in WWE, there was no one hotter than the last kicker right now. And her promo skills in general. Oh, it's yeah. Amazing. Her promo skills are top-notch right now. She's going toe-to-toe with Charlotte. The promo she cut on the cutting edge on the 1,000th episode of SmackDown, get out of my ring and don't hurt your neck. Yeah. Oh, my God. That moment, I fell in love with her all over again. You're right, Hedge. I don't like myself. I love myself. I love myself. <laughs> I love myself. I'm like, I, as much as I loved you, Becky Lynch, oh my goodness gracious, I love you about a million and one times more. Absolutely. And then at the Super Show, she was almost close to losing the title. Found yeah. a way out of it by getting disqualified, walking out. And now we've set up for a last woman standing. Yeah. So this is one thing I do want to talk about. In WWE, they kept saying throughout this whole pay-per-view, the first ever what woman's last woman standing match. Michael Cole kept feeding that garbage down our throats. Totally. And the only reason I say it's garbage is because you and I both know it's not. It is not the first last woman standing match in WWE. There was one before with two NXT greats. Yeah. One being Oscar and one being history like that. All yeah. The time. How do you, how do you do that? Like I get it. I get it. NXT is technically its own entity. Yeah. But it is your undercard. It is a product within the WWE. So therefore, the WWE, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, is a landscape, right? It's a universe. So how are we as fans supposed to forget that NXT did it first? Right. And NXT did it so sexy. That match was literally, hands down, in my opinion, the match of the year that year. Nikki Cross and Asuka took it to the next level. Yeah. And it was not taking anything away from Becky and Charlotte, but it was epic. How are you going to erase that? I get it, Vince McMahon. I get it. You don't want to waste your time on NXT. You gave it to Triple H because you're like, oh, that'll keep him busy. Not at my job. Wrong. Incorrect. What you did 
was give the man a platform to use his creativity. And boy, has he. Since he took over NXT, like he said during the first pay-per-view, you remember the first line of his epic promo he cut in the beginning of the first NXT TakeOver Brooklyn? Yeah. It started as a whisper. You made it a roar. Yeah. It started as a rumor. You made it loud. I'm sorry. Michael Cole, you're an idiot. And Vince McMahon on the other end of the headset, keep telling them it's the first ever. It's not. You're both stupid. Yeah. You're both retarded. They do it all the time with these first evers, when it's actually the first evers more or less usually happen within their own product. And they call it the first ever after they've already done the first ever. And we saw it. It's documented, and it's on a video. Like, it's on video documented You can go back and watch that match right now on the network. Yes, you can go literally watch it anywhere on on, on almost any available platform. So it's literally like, when you have history that's that well documented, that's what's always kind of made my head turn about it. It's just like, okay, you guys can try and erase history like that, but we all know that that's not true, like in any way, shape, or form. But, hey, whatever. So you guys say whatever you guys want. (laughs) <laughs> so regardless of that debacle of yeah. trying to erase the NXT last women's standing match, this match lived up to everything. These two ladies, as they have over the years, told a great story. They tore the house down. They man. tore it down. And the only thing that sucks about this match is that it wasn't the main event. Ronda Rousey, Nikki Bella was the main event. It was the last match of the night. This was the undercard match. But I'm not even going to say it was the undercard match. I'm going to say there was two main events. This one, better than the other one, for sure, in my opinion. Definitely. But... I mean, these ladies took it to the next level. Kendo sticks, chairs. When they were throwing chairs at each other across the ring and they were just piling the chairs, I was on the edge of my seat like a kid at Christmas. Come on, somebody, hit somebody, hit somebody in the face. You know what I was was just watching? These two best friends, just like basically going into uh, McDonald's Playland together. Like, that's like their version of McDonald's Playland. It's just like they're just (laughs) having so... So the chairs is the ball pit? Oh my God, that's their little (laughs) ball pit of chairs. And it's so funny. It was just so funny watching them just have this huge platform and I know they were feeling it looked as much as giddy as the way that they felt in the back I could feel like every single bit of the way that they were constructing not just this match but their rivalry and just how they were just really getting an opportunity to be like wow we really have something to really sink our teeth into people are sick of me that being aka Charlotte and then everybody's thriving and just wanting so hard for or everybody's wanting Becky Lynch to thrive so hard and now it's this opportunity to do it. But even though people are still cheering Becky, she's still pouring on that heel effort to really put on that heel front and not make it look like they're best friends in the back. But we all just genuinely know that how much fun they had creating this because of how much effort genuinely they put in together of this empty palette of last woman standing and they created this magic in front of everybody that regardless of any other match that's going on that pay-per-view, you'll always inevitably remember that match first because of how much, how unbelievably well constructed they're, they put their rivalry together culminating with, with this and where they're going to go now after it. Well, and we've always said that, right? We've always said that no matter what pay-per-view you're talking about, you may not remember the whole card, but you'll remember that one match. And this yeah. is definitely the match you will remember. And there are the some other memorable ones beyond just this one. Yes, there are. There are some memorable ones, but there also are some ones that people are going to hate me for, people are going to hate you for, because our opinions are going to be honest. Totally. Because that's what we are here at Straight Talk Wrestling. We are 100% honest. Hashtag bring it the fuck on. Bring us the heat, guys. We want to hear from you. If you want to call me a fucking idiot, I'm okay with it. I swore. Down. I'm sorry. Whoops. My bad. I swore. So did I. Down. That's all good. But this match was everything it lived up to. The kendo sticks, the chairs, the tables, the um, the epicness, the amount of tables that these ladies used. Yeah. Going through two tables. The final like powerbomb off the turnbuckle through the table, putting Charlotte down. Like everything. And Becky got the clean win. There was no mm-hmm. debate about it. Yes, okay, weapons and environment were used, but she got the clean win. 
Yep. And that's all that matters. And, and now, everybody wanted that. They wanted to see it. They did. And they got it. They got their money's worth. They got it. That. If, if that wasn't the match that put butt in the seats other than Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella, it should have been. Because that match lived up to everything it was supposed to live up. And, and Becky got the clean win, which was absolutely amazing. And I love, I, what I even love even more is now we're focused so much on Survivor Series. Yeah. And I love the promo she cut yes, uh, this past Tuesday on SmackDown where she pretty much said, Ronda, I'm coming for you. And I'm going to armbar you. I'm gonna break your arm, and I'm I'm stoked for that because if anybody I think can can really hang with Ronda Rousey, yeah. In terms of that, it's going to be either a Becky or a Charlotte. So pretty much for me, whoever won this match, I know was gonna take Ronda to the limits and actually make her work for once in a match because Ronda has had it pretty easy. Other than the match, the mixed tag match at WrestleMania, she's had a pretty coast, a very cushy uh, run to her first title reign. So, I'm not going to take away from Alexa Bliss and all the girls she's faced, but let's face it. She does that one judo throw. She grabs your arm. She stands in the ring and talks smack. Yeah. You, know the, you know the match is over. It's pretty much it. the tailor-made ending of yeah. every Ronda Rousey match. But if, if you had a choice, if I, had a, if, I, if I had to give you a choice between the NXT last women's standing match and this one, then we're going to move on to the rest of the card. But between those two matches, because we really only have those two to compare, yeah, which one comes out on top for you? Um, definitely the last woman standing for sure, but I think that's simply because of that, because of the. But the no, but which which last woman standing? The NXT or oh, the the? Oh, sorry, I thought you were saying no, I no, no. Yeah, Charlotte main events and no, the, no, no, in, no. In Charlotte and Becky's at, uh, last woman standing, and Oscar and Nikki Cross's last woman standing. Which one comes out on top for you? Um, to tell you the truth, I don't think either. And and I know it's the thing where it's like you should pick one, but I really, honestly, I I don't pick either one of them to stand over the other, simply because of the fact of how well they both work together both matches work so well together the chemistry from all four of them the two and the two the chemistry of, of every bit of it how well it worked how much they went out all four of them combined and absolutely destroyed every part of their body for my entertainment and um culminated with basically um a standing ovation after each one of them because they just gave so much and by the time that three count happened each one of them. It doesn't matter if you literally go back and watch either one of those matches. You could. You are literally equally as exhausted by the end of it. Emotionally uh, invested. Emotionally yes. invested. Yes. And equally just yes. as exhausted by the end of it. Of you can't believe finally that three count happened and this this I can't believe what the hell I just watched right now. <laughs> and that's this overwhelming feeling that I noticed from you. Literally can't you can't distinguish between uh, either one of them. That was a match you go over a smoke after. You go yep. Jesus Christ I got to recharge. I yep. got to recharge. Oh this is better. Than sex. All <laughs> right, so let's let's break down this this pay per view title for a second. You call it evolution, and it's going to steamroll into my next topic. You call it evolution, and you do highlight the fact that you're honoring past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. One thing I do want to touch on right away is I'm going to drop right into it. I'm going to go after her hard because I have a lot of criticisms towards her, and anyone who's listened to the show knows exactly who I'm talking about. But if you're a first time listener, I'm not going to give the name away. We're going to build. We're going to tell a story here for a second, Steve. And it's great because I actually already mentioned to George in the, our little behind the scenes before <laughs> the show, there is nothing that I will have to add to this. This is exactly how I feel and I will have nothing else to, to add to it in any way, shape, or form. Well, you might. You might have a point or two to add and I'm okay with that. But, Maybe, but let's but, let, let's get it cracking. I'm, I'm excited to hear this. All right, so the Women's Battle Royal. You have an opportunity to get a whole bunch of women in a ring tear each other apart for a shot at a title. You expect the winner to be a person of stature that needs the biggest push 
in the world to absolutely accentuate it the way it would be in an Andre the Giant Battle Royal setting. Like a Let's Cesaro winning ring. Like a Cesaro winning ring or even yeah. a Mojo Rawley when he was hot. Like those guys that won it and you knew, okay, this is Baron Corbin. He these made guys, solid moves, that Baron Corbin. These guys, well, yeah, he's kissing Stephanie's butt. <laughs> no, he really did, actually. I make fun of him, but he was, he's, he's more like no, one he's of the made best a lot things of strides. going on right now. Yeah, anyway, it, Constable Corbin is let's, great. Let's continue this, this, so, this wonderful tale. So what do you do? You bring back a couple of legends. Great. Some girls who were so-so, some girls who are definitely legends in their right mind, Hall of Famers. Maybe one of them could win. Maybe a legend. Oh my goodness. Maybe maybe we have a comeback. What do you do, though? You bring a couple of SmackDown girls. You bring a couple of Raw girls. You bring up no NXT girls. You don't give yeah. an NXT girl a chance to get a solid push. Maybe, just maybe, she may springboard right to a title shot. No way. No NXT wrestlers on this card, because I'm Vince McMahon, and here's my penis size. Yeah, but I bet the winner's pretty good, though. The I winner's great. I bet the winner's going to be really good. I, I, well, they I have forget to... who the winner is. Let's 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 get to that. Let's, let's. Well, the obvious choice was the final two. You had Nia Jax and Ember Moon. Oh, and my And you goodness. thought for sure, okay, this is it. Ember's Ember's going to get that shot. We she's knew going Ember to... needed to get her push soon. She's gonna, it should she's happen gonna, now. It should happen. But no. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen, Steve. Because she's not like most girls. No, she's not. She's not like most girls. And she's not, you know, The Rock's cousin. Which keeps getting shoved down our faces. Yes, you're right, ladies and gentlemen. The winner of the Battle Royal, if you missed the pay-per-view, was my favorite female wrestler on the roster today, Nia Jax. Mrs. Bum, 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 Mrs. Bum. I do literally one move. I do a Samoan drop, or I scream really loud. And I just hit people with my my size. I'll flatten your entire body with my one leg. That's my other move. You have an ability to take a, a person like Ember Moon, who's a built-in champion, has a great character, great look, who can wrestle, and you throw it away for the Rock's cousin. And then on top of that, what happens after she wins? They they pan over the camera to a conveniently placed Rock's mother, who looks so happy all oh, the time, who rolled out of the ring. And went over and hugged her aunt. We get it. I noticed she tried to smile then. I noticed she like really went out of her way. She was like really, really giving it her all. Like, oh, the camera's on me now. I really got to smile. I got to try my best. I got to do my due diligence here. Vince is watching. As a wrestling fan, I myself, a person who has been very critical of this woman since she's been brought up from the NXT rankings, and other women have been kept down. Other women have been pushed aside and not given the fair shake. In a world where the evolutionary standpoint of female wrestlers are ten times better than the men some, t some nights. They really put on a better performance and a better show. Mm -hmm. You choose to go with Bloodline Legacy over built-in talent like Ember Moon. And don't get me wrong, Ember Moon's not perfect. She had a couple bonks during that match, I'll be honest with you. But she gets the crowd going. And that eclipse she had was mesmerizing. Right. And yet... Nia Jax walks away with a title shot. We already saw the Nia Jax title ring, and it was garbage. She had a WrestleMania moment, she won the title, and not even two months later, she lost the title. Why did she lose the title? Because she's not good. She can't cut a promo. She has one move, not even five moves. I bitch and complain constantly about the five move guys. She has one move. She has a freaking Samoan drop, which in the history of wrestling has never been a finisher. It's been a setup. To a finisher. It never puts the guy down. It stuns the wrestler. Yeah. But somehow, when Nia Jax does a Samoan drop, the game's over. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't appreciate it. And I don't agree with the decision. 
Nia Jax as the number one contender in that battle royal with no NXT women coming up is sickening. It's sickening and it's disgusting. And I don't know why they keep shoving the fact that she's The Rock's cousin down her throat. I get it. I get it. You've told me. I get it. Do I care? No. Are you The Rock? No. There's only one Rock in the world, and he's out there making Fast and the Furious movies and spinoffs and skyscrapers and all kinds of shit. He's the highest paid actor in Hollywood. He doesn't have time to associate with us mere mortal wrestling fans because he's too damn rich and busy to care. This is the, the same... hardest worker in the damn room. He is the hardest worker in the damn room, but this is the same jackass... Check his Instagram. You'll find out how much of a hard damn worker that guy is. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, but this is the same jackass, who, and I'm going to call the Rock a jackass. Yes, I'm doing it. I'm calling. This is where the heat's going to come. This is the same guy who, when his career was going down the crapper before Fast and the Furious 5, came back. He came home, apparently. And he yeah. said and he said this one line that still sticks out to me and resonates to me. Remember that line, that first promo that he cut? I'm home. Takes his glasses off. Everyone's silent. Everyone's, and I'm never leaving again. Where you been the last four years? Yeah. You've been making movies. So don't talk smack to me about how the WWE is your home because it's not your home. All you did was give a platform to your cousin who literally has one move. The Battle Royal was the worst match of the night. Nia Jax is a bad winner. And I give that match, if I have to rate it, if I have to pull a Dave Metzler or yeah. Meltzer, I'm going to say this. Is it a five star? No. Is it a four star? No. You know what it's, how many stars I give it? Negative five. Because out of all the crap that could have happened in that match and all the, the rightful women that should have come up from NXT for an opportunity, all the girls from the Mae Young Classic who earned the right for the opportunity to be in that battle royal, you brought in a couple legends, which were great to see. Girls like Michelle McCool, love her to death. She was always my girl when she was in there. Mm -hmm. You had Ivory, who's a Hall of Famer. But then you brought in, you know, brought Maria Canales back. You brought Kelly Kelly back. You brought girls that don't wrestle. You brought girls that never did really wrestle. Maria wasn't a good wrestler. She never was. You might as well have brought back Eva freaking Marie. Basically. So here's my, my whole rant is this. You have an opportunity to showcase the future. Showcase the future. You want to highlight your legends? Bring them out. One by one. Have them walk out in a beautiful dress. Have them wave to the audience. Or put one of them on commentary and say to Michael Cole, why is an all-women's pay-per-view have Michael Cole as the head commentator? I don't get it. It should have been Beth Phoenix and Renee Young. That's another rant I have. You call it an all-women's pay-per-view... Why wasn't Charlie Caruso or Kathy Kelly on the announce table instead of Michael Cole? You could have had Renee Young helming it in the middle, Beth Phoenix there for color commentary, and bring Kathy Kelly or Charlie Caruso in for some, some really good you know, wrestling monikers and innuendos. But no, what do you do? You put the worst commentator of all time. I would have rather JR been there because JR would have showed those ladies the respect they deserve. Michael Cole should have never been commentating that night. It was, again, another disgraceful error and mistake on the part of the WWE. So the Battle Royal, my, my, my rant is over now, but the Battle Royal, I give it a negative five. That match was disgusting and embarrassing. And if I'm Vince McMahon, I should be shaking my head in complete disarray. And that's the best part is the fact that I know um, I know he's not because of how much they're continuing to push the product of Nia Jax. It's like, I want to see her as, I really do, I want to see him as people, but I'm like, nope, you guys are products to me. Um, everything about the way that they're pushing Nia's product and really how much they're really trying to to really for for the every for the every woman and really like try and push that for the every woman and really get that that motto and her her that really ingrained in her moniker of her her character that it's the irresistible force but as irresistible force comes 
and now it's just transitioning into from what we used to be like this irresistible force that was just so big and could go in there and go crush anybody in two seconds is now this emotional irresistible force of that you can't take it you can't say it. there's nothing you can say to this girl that would would ever make her feel like you know she she's not capable of being able to go out there and go do what she's doing and i'm just okay. like and we're gonna tag her in this episode and i hope she listens because i got something to say to you nia Jax. if you're listening you suck you are the worst thing to happen to wrestling in the last five years there are way more talented women and i got news for you honey if you don't win this title there are women coming up from nxt there are women that are ready to make a serious push for that gold to earn that top spot money and I don't think it should belong to you because of who you're related to. And next time you come out to fight in a match, do me a favor. Don't bring The Rock's mother. I don't care. I'm not emotionally invested. I don't give a crap what bloodline you come from. The Usos. Every time the Usos fight or Roman Reigns fight, is The Rock's mother there? No. No, but however, I did see her on. I did see a lot of stuff of them hanging out on Instagram. And it's pretty much almost, it's, it's almost like on a, on a weekend basis. It's pretty weird, but... Um, but, uh, at, uh, of how the, that time is managed to be able to do that. I'm like, uh, but at the exact same time of the, of the constant hangouts and stuff like that. But at the same time though, um, yeah, I feel like they're with, with her, um, they just, they're not giving up the gab on her anytime soon. It seems like it's well, going to be around Tamina for a Snuka. little bit. Like why is Tamina Snuka still around? Well, Tamina came back for that same specific reason of just being a Samoan and actually being part of that legacy and being part of the heritage. And apparently from what I understand, she came back because of uh, an elimination in the Battle Royal that her own cousin, uh, their relationship and how they, how he, she eliminated her over the top rope. And that's how the, that whole thing got started. And giving Tamina one last little run, but also making it, keeping it in the family and having a storyline with her family. And with that, I thought that was, because to me, I'm like, okay, you're, the, to Tamina Snuka, like you're really old and it really, it's, it's painful watching your, your, oh my goodness, your legs almost caving in on you every single time that you try to just walk to the ring. But however, if that is the last thing that you need to do and you need to come back and you need to have a, a family oriented thing, then that's what needs to happen. And I'm actually, um, I'm totally for it. And I think it's actually a really cool thing for, to, to, to just watch them, uh, to watch Tamina go out like that. All right, I'll give you that. And you know what, for me, if it does come down to Tamina versus Nia Jax or something like that, uh, I just want Tamina to punch the crap out of her. Right in her face. <laughs> Break her nose. Like, dude, and, go legit for me. Give me a little bit of blood. And that's the thing. I think they'll actually pull off a really great match together. Because I, I think they're really good at, with, the, with that chemistry. And, of course, they're family. So why the hell wouldn't they actually go out there and want to go put on a great chemistry match like that? I can't disagree with you. As much as I want to disagree with you, I can't because you are my co-host. And you make a lot of valid points. And as much as it pains me to admit it, you make a valid point right now. But I still Some will say this. that I don't like, I know I got to look back on it and actually sit there and go, you know what? I actually got to stop looking at it. I remember I was looking at it from a fan's perspective for a really long time. And now I really got to sit back and actually see it from like, why does Vince make these decisions? You know and what? Why I, does he actually? And I I'm letting too. you know, fans who are actually listening right now, this is literally all happening right now. This isn't like a rehearsed thing or anything no, like we that. never do rehearsal this is this. The, like none of it it's never rehearsed in any way shape or form this is literally all real raw emotion all this stuff like actual real thoughts coming to from one one way how i used to think to you know what maybe i should actually take a step back here and actually really take a look at it from this perspective and maybe it'll start to make sense a little bit more and i do and that I, too a lot of the times you go back and yeah. listen. i do that too but here's the thing this one i'm looking at it as a fan and i hate the decision for the battle royal was wrong it was wrong, wrong, wrong. And there's nobody that's going to convince me otherwise. Vince McMahon could be here in this ring right, room right now. And I would stand up and tell him, you suck. 
You know what? And I would actually tell him to say, I would say the same Your thing about the results sucks. simply because of the fact that it's like, yes, I actually, I do support Nye's product. I really do. I really, honestly, I do support her product very much. And I think, she, I, I think it's really great for, for, for girls who actually really do need to, to have that, that strong woman, the every woman kind of thing. But at the exact same time, for this particular setting, it should have been somebody who deserved that, that actual real so, solid push that genuinely deserved it. It should have been Ember Moon or yes. it should have, or it should have been one of the talented women in the NXT roster. Yeah. It really should have been. And it's a, it's a sad disgrace that it wasn't because you want to talk past, present, and future. I didn't see the future in that battle royal. Yeah. And that leads me into my next point, which is the next match we're going to touch on, which is Trish Stratus and Lita, two legends, two Hall of Famers, going up against Mickey James, another legend, future Hall of Famer, and Alicia Fox. Yeah. So... <laughs> well said. <laughs> so... Here's, well here's my thing with this match. This match was uh, great to open the show. It was very entertaining to see these two women come together again and kick ass in the only way Lita and Trish know how to do. However, and I say this however, and this again will probably get me some heat and I'm okay with that. I'm Canadian. Well, Trish Stratus, she will always be number one in my heart because she really did take the women. She really started this whole thing. She was Her and Lita were that first spark that yeah. lit the match. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to forget about the ledges. I'm not going to forget about the pimp, Fabulous Moolah. But. I'm not going to forget about Mae Young. But you highlighted past in those two. You highlighted present. Well, not really because Mickey James is also kind of past. But you highlighted semi-present with those two plus Alexa Bliss on the ring looking absolutely fantastic. As Alice in Wonderland, by the way. Alice in Wonderland. Oh, Alexa Bliss, <laughs> you, are, you are amazing to me. But where, again, Steve, was the future? You know what would have made this match better for me? And we talked about this kind of in the pre-show before, like our, our little meeting we always do before every podcast. This match would have been better to me if it was three teams. You have Trisha Lee, the Legends. You have the current roster, Mickey James and Alicia Fox. But you have a great platform to showcase the future. Mm-hmm. There was no future, Steve. Just like the Battle Royal. Where were the NXT girls? I am a big, proud supporter of NXT. They all forget this whole thing started... With three out of the four horsewomen of wrestling coming up from NXT. Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha coming up when they started that whole revolution with the staples of women. Yeah. Where were the future, my friend? The future was not in the building that night. The future was showcased in the building in two separate matches, which were great. We'll get into those a little bit later. But where was the highlight of the future? Your moniker for this whole pay-per-view was past, present, future. No, exactly. I saw no NXT women, and I believe two NXT women handpicked personally by Lita and Trish, Mickey and Alicia. Somebody have the input and say, you know what? Let's have these two girls come up. Do a little mini NXT invasion. Have these two girls come up. Mm-hmm. Maybe get in our faces. That way we build them into the match. Some kind of You could have worked the story anyway. You have great writers on this roster. You have yeah. a great team of writing. Where was the future, my dude? The future was not in the building, at least not in these other matches. And it's a shame. Because you know what? The future is now. NXT is living up to the hype from the four horsewomen that came up to now. NXT is where it's at. Don't get me wrong. The main roster women are fantastic. Becky, top of her game. Charlotte, always great to see her in the ring. Bailey, Sasha, despite their promo skills, great in the ring. You can't forget about the future, man. And Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky, they're not the future anymore. They're right now. They're here. We're watching everything unfold with these talented women. And not I'm just highlighting those four because there's other I know there's other women. You got 
You've got um, Naomi, who's absolutely fantastic in the ring as well. You've got so many, Natalia. You've got so, I can't think of all of them right off the top of my head. But where was the future? I give this match three stars because it was great to see Trish and Lita come back, win in such easy fashion. Why Alicia Fox was in there, I don't know. Was Alexa Bliss injured? I'm not really sure. I didn't really get the whole grand scheme of that because she was injured. She was originally in the match, but then they took her out. Maybe she is injured. Maybe they're keeping the injury hush-hush. Maybe she was always supposed to be a valet. I'm not really sure. I have to do more research on that. But the fact is, the future was not highlighted. So how can you call the pay-per-view past, present, future, but you don't highlight the future? You highlight it, yes, in two matches. And don't get me wrong, I understand there was the Mae Young Classic Final, which was a, a barn burner. And then there was the NXT Women's Championship, which again... They impressed me so much. But why wasn't the future highlighted throughout the whole night? Because yeah. you got to remember, you want these girls to stick out in people's minds. So when you bring them up, they go, that was the chick that tore the house down with Lita and Trish. I love that chick. I want to see more of that chick. Yeah. The future was not highlighted at all in this pay-per-view. And I felt, I felt that they brought back too many legends. They took up too many spots. And it wasn't right. It wasn't right. I give this match three stars because Trish and Lita tore the house down. Great way to open the show with those two legends. Hearing Trish's music, hearing Lita's music, seeing Lita come out in the jump shoot with the thong, like old school. It was great, man. It was great. It was great. And I'll, I'll, I'll always love and respect those two ladies for everything they did and how they sacrificed themselves to get us to where we are. Yeah. With all the other legends like Mae Young, Fabulous Moolah, uh, Luna, uh, uh, Sensational Sherry, all those women. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, even though she wasn't really a wrestler, uh, Macho Man's ex. Oh God, Elizabeth, no, Elizabeth Miss yes. Elizabeth. You know, you have so many women that started this whole ball of wax and really got it to where it is. But you didn't highlight the future. You, I felt you honored the past and you acknowledged the present and you gave me a thirty-second highlight reel of the future. And I think that was a sad display of the way things could have been done. How? What was your thoughts on this match? Um, I do. You know what? I actually I do, and it's pretty rare for this. Is actually like honestly, and this is like a, actually a rare occasion in 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 this setting of uh, in conversation. Is actually I do have a counter for it, but it's only simply because of the fact that um, they were highlighted. I feel like in the right in the right positioning, and it was done in the way that it was all supposed to be revolved around Ronda Rousey at the end. It was supposed to be that's where they were highlighting the future. Was okay. You know what? We're gonna blow the roof off this place. Have Ronda come out, win the thing, win the belt. And she already went, already won the belt. She, Retain, she, she retains, retains the belt, and it goes to goes up to the ramp. They do the fireworks display, and she's playing the air guitar with the belt and, and everybody's arms. So it's like I know the intro, air guitar or the guitarist intro. Yes, uh, that was a great way to kick off the show. As Nina well. Strauss just absolutely went. Oh my goodness, she went out there and absolutely crushed. And I, I'm actually really excited to sit down. I haven't had a chance to actually sit down and digest a record, but I'm actually really excited to. To get a get a copy of a record, I actually looked it up. Really I looked it up it. after the pay per view because I was so intrigued with how amazing that guitar solo was right? at the beginning. And I got to tell you, from what I listen, I'm not. It's not my style of music, but from what I listen to, great impress. So if you haven't checked it out, check it out because the record for a guy like you, who's, it's right up your alley. It, it will it will definitely impress you. Oh man, it's just amazing. She sounds uh, she sounds very much Marty Friedman. It just it, it, it melts my brain how fast her fingers are. Um, but the the point is when she um, when, when they were highlighting the the future was really within um, uh, the NXT the NXT women's title match and then of course with the Tony Storm versus uh, Io Shirai of, of really going out there to really highlight the but specifically in going out there to highlight the future in only those respects where they can go ahead and have have the legends and then have and I I think they did end up splitting it up well 
um, in that sense because of the fact that we got a chance to really highlight Tony Storm. She went out there and just crushed. She she she's a rock, she she is she's everything about her character. She is a rock star, and I love her brand. I love everything about the way she conducts herself as her. Well, it also she's, builds. She's it, wonderful. It builds into NXT NXT UK because yeah. she will be highlighting that women's division for sure. Exactly, and but, of course, the winner of the the May Young Classic was uh, was was Tony Storm, and really really super proud of that. We'll get into that match in a second, but let me just pull one more question and we'll move on because sure. we're running short on time on this one. Sure, sure, sure. So I agree with you that you're right. They highlighted in the right points. But do you do you agree with my point that in that in this particular tag team match, if they had highlighted two NXT women, do you think the match would have been better? I do. I honestly, I think that's a great idea. I think that actually would have been a better overall result for the match. I think it would have captivated people a little bit more. And truthfully, it would have... Um, I, I, but, and then honestly, I sit there and I go, okay, you know what? It was really just a human highlight reel of Trish. It was really just a... a, a Trish a, and Lita, It yeah. was really an opportunity for Trish and Lita and to not go out there and, and, and squash NXT girls. But at the same time, that's that would have been the best opportunity for them is to actually go out there and be the squash match for them. Have that opportunity. Well, that's what I mean. Forget about Alicia Fox and Mickey James yeah. for a second. How about you bring up two NXT girls, have them go the distance with Trish Alita, and then you shock the world and by the NXT girls That's what I was going to retract. I'm like, a, a, no, that would be actually a burial job to go out there and squash match. No, it would actually be a better idea to go out there and do just that, of have them go the distance and really grab it, make that a, make that the standing O. The, they the they could have had the opportunity to make that literally match of the night with that very little change. The just past like versus the future. Absolutely. Oh man, I just got chills. Absolutely, and that's how, they, that's how they would bill it. They would literally, I'm seeing it right Right at the bottom of how they would just build the whole thing. Bianca Belair, just, yeah. Nikki Cross versus yes. Trish and Lita. Yes, like that. Sign, that, that here, sign me up. Take man. my money. Yeah, they take show it. up. They sh they could have done it so much cooler. If show up, they all of a sudden just show up on Raw. Trish and Lita, they come out just to cut some simple promo of like, "Hey, we're back and we love being back and we love you." And then all of a sudden they come out and just ruin the whole party and and just crap all over them and start this whole little thing. And I, I noticed that they were really going on their way to storyline things with this this whole evolution pay-per-view that they really they normally wouldn't go out of their way to do with these one-off pay-per-views. They try things. to, yeah, they but, try to. Man, it was really awesome the way they did that. And I think that would have been awesome had they made that one change. I think that would have totally changed the game as far as the actual bringing up the game the past of, versus the, the product of the match. Like right right now, past meets past meets future. Yep. Forget past meets present. Past meets future. It's brilliant. Legends versus rookies. Yeah. I love it. Take my money. Vince McMahon. Honestly, throw my wallet at you, bro. Hire us. Like, Jesus. We <laughs> could save your company. <laughs> right? I know we're running out of time here. I got. I, I, I do have one rant to Okay, uh, to one, make one more point, the, and then we'll, the get into, uh, the six, we'll get into the six-woman tag, and then we will highlight Rousey's match, uh, Baszler versus my girl, Kari Sane. And, and my rant is in the, the Rousey match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, oh, I said Rousey match. Yep. And I said Mae Young Classic, and then my girl, Kari Sane, because I have to let people know she's my girl. And... The other one. I know. I heard you. you said in the first. You said the first match. That was the first one. And I'm like, that's perfect. That's where my rant is. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I will. I will give the floor to you. So, what are we ranting about now? We're ranting about Shayna Baszler and Kari Zane? Uh, no, about uh, just the the Bellas and just this whole thing about the revolution and how the Bella evolution and how this whole thing is basically culminated to a thing. Oh, where we're going we're, into Rousey right now. We're going to Rousey and Bellas right now. Rousey Bellas. Okay, uh, let's do it. We're going to Rousey Bellas. I wanted to save that for the end, but we'll go. Rousey no problem. We can totally save that no, for the end. No, down. You, I can see you're building. Let's let's build. Well, well you know, we'll highlight the we'll highlight like the future at the end the way it should have been highlighted in this pay-per-view hey, so let's go enough. hit me with hit me with what you got with rousey versus <laughs> the bellows you know what and then i think back to myself and i'm like you know what i think that was actually the ploy of the way this was supposed to go because it's just inevitably just fans working themselves when 
uh, everybody just yells at the Bella Twins all the time because they're an easy target, and I think that's the point, is really just, okay, you guys are in total divas, everybody thinks you're garbage, so they're just going to boo you constantly because they just, no matter how many wrestling moves you ever learn, it really doesn't matter. And so by the end of the day, when I really looked at like this this evolution of the way the Bellas started it and how they, they were part of the women's evolution and everything like that, yeah, it could be a fan working themselves and saying that um, they weren't part of it and... You know, that's just one more reason for them to get more heat on them and, you know, stuff like that and make people hate them even more and things like that because that's what you want out of your bad guy. But the point is that they absolutely were in no way, shape, or form, nor were anybody outside of Lita and Trish part of this uh, this this evolution that's been going on. And even, even Trish and Lita, they were the only ones at the time. There was no one else to be able to... To make this happen and there was no one to make a main event at that time that you could do a Trish and Victoria like come on man like that was, there was there was bullshit Mickey, matches I would, I would have been okay with Mickey else. James throwing Mickey James yeah, in there sorry Mickey James yes yeah, so you would throw you would throw Mickey James in the in the equation and the roof went off when the Mickey James got that tag so like that was probably one of the biggest like that was probably one of the biggest pops of the night was when Mickey James got that tag and so as far as I'm concerned that was the only inevitable escape at that point was really just you know, only calling upon one or two others to really, you know, take that spot beyond Trish and Lita. So there was a really solid reason that those two were were made to be that main event, and it worked. They were they were both so well together. Point is, the bell is literally beyond like anybody and and anywhere around that circle that were involved in that total divas. And, and, and of course, now you put in Natty and anybody with wrestling that did not have any kind of wrestling skill and you categorize them in that Eva Marie category, if you will. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm thankful, how, like, I'm thankful that she didn't come back. I'm yeah, thankful. <laughs> that, these, that, that it's like, my goodness, guys, we're into, you want to highlight, that's what I understand of what you mean by highlighting the future and why I get so frustrated with listening to crap like this, that it's just like they had nothing to do with it and they're not, they, they're, they're no way, shape or form any kind of, Anything that women or girls should look up to of, of tur- twisting their ass around and, and thinking that that's what wrestling is and like how I watch I would watch little girls and you could go watch videos of girls who literally copy the Bellas doing that. I wouldn't want my daughter doing that in any way, shape or form. And so as far as I'm concerned, my daughter loves the Bellas and I try to talk her out of it every day. It's ridiculous how it's just these ideals that are now she's on the Sasha Banks wavelength, so I'm okay with it. (laughs) Yeah, and like I and yeah, and I would totally understand that of sitting there and seeing that and being like, my goodness, man, there's no way that I want my kid doing that, and then going to school and and doing that, and almost coming off in like a really slut-like fashion. And so as far as hundred percent, I agree with you. Seriously, that's not acceptable. And so to me, when I see that and I hear these things about how they helped create all these things, and not only that, but you talk worse than a 14-year-old idiot that's just literally learning how to talk. Like, it's just not acceptable to me that people think that this is something to look up to in any way, shape, or form. So what you're saying is highlighting them as role models is a bad idea. It's the worst possible idea. It's like Nia Jax winning the Battle Royal. It's disgusting. Exactly. It's it's those stupid ideals that, like, okay, whatever. You highlight in the fashion of, like, you know, whatever. Brie Bella, and especially with Little Birdie and, you know, things like that. Those are the ideals that I... I love yeah, to give me the instilled. mom. Give me the family. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Give me those ideals that are being instilled within girls and being instilled within husbands and being instilled with, you know, all the above. That's just being instilled within children all over the world. That they get to see stuff like that. And that makes a real impact compared to crap like that. Birdie... that. You didn't start anything compared to these women who actually are really putting on solid wrestling matches and actually are real, real genuine, genuinely want to put out the greatest product they can. Do you think, but, do you think if Birdie, like let's say Birdie, well, let's fast forward 10 years down the road. Do you think Brie would be proud to show her daughter her early stuff? 
I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I would be. Like, I don't know if I would be, or I don't know, well, I'm not a woman, but <laughs> I don't know if I, I, I don't know if that would be the case. You'd be wanting to go around, you'd be wanting to go, go around uh, showing your kid that, of, of like, that's what mommy did uh, before, of like, twisting her ass around like that. And it's like, whatever, people are like, it is what it is, and it's just a, a cool thing to do, and it's, you know, so on and so forth. But it's like, it really does, it instills a moral into into little girls that because they look up to them so much that they want to do it much the same as the way no to like any kid that was growing up in attitude era that very simply wanted to go and do a crotch shot and wanted to throw their fingers in the air and tell the teacher f you and this that and the rest of it because then tell the teacher to suck it and everything above because it was running just around that. telling people about poontang pie not knowing what poontang pie really was Exactly. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, that's the kind of revolution that I'm like, other, the, and those guys actually started trends of like, for real, of like being unauthoritative, where it was actually like really kind of cool to watch, where it really pushed kids boundaries to like, maybe you should question authority a little bit. And, you know, it actually did do kind of a little bit and instill different morals within different kids watching that. But watching crap like the Bellas and actually like thinking that that's something to look up to on every level, I'm like from head to toe, man. Other than maybe your, of course, your business ethic and that you get up at four in the morning and you crush those interviews and you do all the things that you're supposed to do as business. And you build great, you, you build great brands, great brands, huge, huge, huge brands. successful brands. But other and than that, on you. you started nothing for this like women's evolution of like any any of that of, not as in far as the wrestling not product, not yeah, that, no, not in sports entertainment for sure. So, side, and I know I can't disagree with you because everything you've said, I've said 50 times over. Whenever my daughter would be like, Daddy, I love the Bellas, I would get so angry and so frustrated because those two women, to me, in the ring, are not role models. I want my daughter to be tough, but I want her to be sweet. I want her to be respectful, but I also want her not to take shit. So, my ideal kid, someone to look, my daughter to look up to, I'm going to say a Sasha Banks. I'm going to say a Trish Stratus and Alita. I'm going to say a Bailey. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, I'm even going to say as much as uh, people may, may be shocked because of what I said about her earlier, Nijax. Fair enough. Because you know what? Nijax, I, ugh, it sucks to have to say this, but outside she, of the wrestling, outside product. of the wrestling product, she is not the ideal body image, but she's making her own and she's owning it. And I do respect that fact, but how they keep continuing to use that. I don't respect that, but I do respect the fact that, you know, she may not be the ideal, but she's going out there and she's owning it with her one move. Samoa drop. Watch out. Oh, I won. No, <laughs> lame, super lame, but like Alexa bliss. I want my daughter to look up to these girls. I want my daughter to look up to these women and say, you know what? They did it. I can do it. Alexa bliss, Sasha bank. They fought in Saudi Arabia. That's huge, right? huge steps forward. They fought in a nation where women aren't supposed to. Yeah, they have. I saw. I picture. I. I always see it, and it makes me weep. Two little girls in the front row, cheering their hearts out, watching these two ladies go at it. The chant: "This is hope." Right. That's huge because I have two daughters, and I never. I, I'm sorry, I'm getting choked up. I never want them to be held back, man. And and it's something like this where I, my daughter can can look at a woman. It's I could be beautiful. I could be strong. I could be tough, and I could own it. And I could go into a ring and I could knock the shit out of any dude on the main roster. Right. And walk out with the Universal Championship. Don't just label me with the Raw Women's Championship. Give me a shot at the Universal, Intercontinental, US. Let's get those barriers broken. Because that's what I'm looking forward to the most. You're still keeping them in a section. Let them branch out a bit. Because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, 
you put someone like a Sasha Banks in an intercontinental match with Dolph Ziggler, it'll make your head spin. They could actually do it. Could actually happen. It could actually make some magic happen and do it. Actually, really, China did it. Really I would be so stoked yep. to see another female intercontinental champion. It's very possible for a man and a woman to get in a ring and wrestle, choreographed safely, and just make it look really cool at the exact same time. They could do a lot of cool shit. Yeah, and it would be awesome. That's another barrier I hope gets broken in the near future. Me too. But, but despite all the facts about Rousey and, and Bella, and I can't disagree completely. And even a woman like Ronda Rousey. Beautiful, strong, tough, takes no crap. And she's top of the food chain that everybody, and, and, and everybody knows and it's well documented that she used to actually be better at taking dudes out in judo than, to, than fighting with the women. Exactly. So you look at things with that match. You look at like coming up after the last woman standing match, this being the main event of the night. Right. A hard act to follow. But they went out, told a decent story. Brie got involved here and there, but for the most part, Ronda held her own. No issues there. Nothing to br- nothing to bring about it at all. The match ends in the way we all knew it was going to end with Nikki getting her ass handed to her, which I loved every minute of it. Nikki had some bright spots and wrestling-wise has improved, but still, the rack attack's not exciting to me. Again, why do you call your move the rack attack because you have fake breasts is beyond me, but whatever. So, was this a top three contender for match the night? Or do you put this where I put it which is down by the Battle Royal. Average, not exciting. And the result I knew was going to happen, but I was okay with. The Battle Royal, we all know, I already spoke about that. I was not okay with that result. No. But this match, I knew Rousey, there was no way the Bellas were going to win. And if they did make the Bellas win, I think I would have taken a break from wrestling because how you're going to make Nikki Bella beat Ronda Rousey is beyond me. But I get why they brought the Bellas back to put butts in the seat because the Bellas are a commodity. They are a brand. They make, At the end of they the day, make, they have a license yep. literally to print money when they put the Bellas on a card. Wrestling-wise, they don't have a chance. And I give it the best thing about this whole thing was that Ronda Rousey's promo skills, the game was up. Yeah. The only door you ever knocked down was the door to John Cena's bedroom. 150% <laughs> true. But where do you where do you rank this in the card? Where do you rank it? Um, I definitely don't rank it as the main event, but I definitely do. Um, I definitely do give it like a good star rating. I don't know exactly, probably like three out of five, like somewhere around there, simply because of the fact that, um, simply because of the fact that, and, and uh, uh, it's going to be the likewise of uh, the shock and awe with Nia Jax is of exactly what I just said Ugh. about uh, the Bellas is the fact that. Uh, I really do genuinely believe that Nikki Bella did actually like up her game in that match. I feel like uh, w- um, I, I remember specifically the the one spot of when she did a rack attack and and it was like at the end it was literally the sequence before the f- the f- the final sequence of the match when they were getting to the Rousey end. Rousey went up the top yep. rope. Yep. And it was right before that she literally like just went down for the three and almost got her almost got the three count shot up at two and just it was the alarming like sense of urgency that she just had of how quickly she just shot right up and ran to the referee almost tripping over herself running to the ref how could you not there was three you just three and just like this really passionate anguish going on in her face that I really genuinely appreciated because I never gotten to see any of that within any of her product beforehand because it was always just easy wins for her before unless it was her fight in AJ. So as far as I was concerned, it was just, it was really enlightening and really nice to actually see that kind of, wow, you look really gassed because you actually did, by the second half of that match, when you, when you all, we all know that that gear is supposed to get turned up by that point all the way to the end, 
you really delivered on that front, and it looked like you really genuinely gave what you 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 could deliver to us. Yeah, and to quote quote you mentioned AJ to quote another legend, you know, somebody's got to teach the Bellas that talent is not sexually transmitted. Yeah, and I actually, you know what, I was throwing it out there. I wish we had actually done a kind of a, a prediction in, in in the middle of that because uh, in the, like maybe in a previous podcast because the fact that I actually was kind of envisioning and predicting in my head, hoping that AJ was going to run out, that Bree was going to screw things up, and somebody's got to come out and save the day. So why the hell not keep it a secret like Matt and Jeff Hardy and Matt and Jeff Hardy the crap out of this thing and. All of a sudden, here's AJ, and she runs out, and this other do-nothing bitch that runs in the ring, and the other one that's complained. And then we, nothing and then we get, the, and then we get, and then we get except the Bellas, Rousey, and, and AJ staring each other down in the middle of the ring. Yeah, that's got WrestleMania uh, main event written all over it. Dude, I was just seeing this whole like sequence happening, and them standing in the ring together, yep. and just all this yep. stuff, and just, and of course, the AJ coming to just as big of a pop. As what what went down with Mickey James, and when she got that tag, that's all I was thinking about. Was I was just hoping to the well, gods that, yeah, above maybe, that this, ha- maybe this was going to happen. With the handshake, yeah. You know, she helps Ronda to her feet, give her the handshake, and then she's got the title. She looks down at the title because the last belt she ever held was. A and then AJ throws the Black Widow on her. Yeah, it was a pink butterfly. Yep. And she looks down at this Raw Women's Championship match and uh, strap, and she's like, "Huh, maybe I maybe I give it one more go. Maybe yeah. I come back and I get rid of that stupid butterfly." nonsense that's on my record book and go back and get that title that and i get that i always and I get wanted. a women's championship yeah. not a divas yeah. championship you know it, it it definitely had but from what i understand and from what we discussed beforehand you did some research on it the invitation was sent but was very declined. quickly declined and for obvious reasons why i mean he sued the wwe he won the lawsuit against the doctor yeah, yeah. I, I'm too gonna, much name affiliate. I'm gonna leave. That. I'm gonna leave it alone at that. We're not gonna. That's opening a whole nother can of worms. Not gonna get into that with the whole CM Punk thing. But you know, it's too bad that um, she declined because man, that that building would have erupted. Erupted. If you saw that little fireball running down the ring, it's like, oh my god, shut up! But literally, the best woman that WWE had in the early in the in the attitude transition from the. The um, a ruthless aggression era to the PG era. Yeah, she's telling me AJ Lee's in the house. Yeah, shut up WWE. Take my money. I run. She runs to the ring and everybody's losing their crap. The whole match stops and then she starts skipping around the ring like an idiot all over again and everyone's losing it. And it's uh, I was just picturing this amazing thing. Unfortunately, that uh, n- that never happened. You know what? It could happen though. It could happen. It could happen at any time. You never. I'm never. I'm gonna uh, just out of all the stuff we've seen in recent years, Sting coming, Macho Man getting inducted. Never close the door on anything when it comes to wrestling. Absolutely. Bret Hart coming back. I never close the door. Absolutely. So you know what? If AJ Lee ever does get a chance to listen to our podcast, we're huge fans. We we're not worthy because you you deserve to be back right now in this revolution, kicking ass. I would love to see AJ Lee in a triple threat with Becky Lynch and Charlotte. I'd love to see her go toe-to-toe with Sasha. I'd love to see her go up against Naomi. I'd love to see her tear through both divisions. I'd yeah. love to see her become the first unified women's champion. Two straps on her shoulders. If anybody could do it, it would be AJ, AJ, Lee. AJ Lee could do it. And that Black Widow. <laughs> what a finisher. What a finisher. <laughs> All right, let's get into the let's get into briefly the um the last couple of matches before we wrap it up. So let's talk about, uh, well, let's get into the triple threat match. This match, uh, sorry, not triple threat, my apologies. The six-woman tag match. This match actually really surprised me and impressed me as Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia versus the Riot Squad. 
And I got to tell you, this match, up until this point in the card, this match was literally the most entertaining match for me of the night. These six women told a great story. These six women, there was multiple, multiple two counts, multiple almost pinfalls, multiple great moves, great sequences, great dance partners. I got to see the Bailey and Sasha that I remember from NXT. And I got to see the Ruby Riot that I remember from NXT. Mm-hmm. I got to see all these women that I remember from NXT showcasing why they are on the main roster. And I got to see, you know, uh, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan. We also got to see Natalia, who's a legend in her own right, future Hall of Famer. So, these six women, in my opinion, told a great story. And I'm going to give this, I mean, if I have to do a star rating, because we've kind of been doing that with these matches tonight, I'm going to give this one a solid four. Because they really, in my opinion, told a great story. And it was one entertaining match. I agree. And then right after this match, we got treated to, you know, we got treated to uh, Kari Sane, right? Yeah. And um, Shayna Baszler. So, yeah. I, I cannot what a treat say. that was. Oh, yeah. I cannot say that I, uh, this, this six-woman tag, though, it really impressed me. And it showed me that the present is in good hands. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, say what you want to say about the Riot Squad. They lasted longer than Absolution. So, you know, they're still here. They're still kicking it. And Ruby Riot, they all came out dressed like the Halloween characters. I loved it. I loved the mojo. You had Leatherface. You had, um, uh, oh, what was Liv Morgan? I can't remember. One of them was Jigsaw. It was just, I honestly can't remember what they were dressed up as. But it was really cool. It was really cool. They came out. They looked super gorgeous. They looked super tough, super ready. And you know what? They tore the house down. In my opinion, this was a solid match. I'm going to give mm-hmm. this one four stars. I'll get your rating, and then let's jump into Shayna Baszler, because we are running tight on time. Same. I, I give it four stars, and I think it was just a really great match. I expected it to actually be a match that would be like, oh, I'm just going to... You expected it to be I a time just, filler, right? Eh? I expected it to just be another match that I could just go watch on SmackDown. Like, it just it just looked like that was the booking of it. But, inevitably, it just turned out to be, um, the like you said, the six of them going out with something to prove, and especially with the the leading ring general and Natalia of being able to really go out there and, and, and really tear the house down and try and make that turn what was just a six-man tag and what a, a six-woman tag that a lot of people i'm sure also just thought that was going to be a teenage time killer or a smoke break match or whatever when it just turned out to be absolutely not the case so really like hats off to those women for going out there and putting it all out there and getting that ovation that they they strongly deserved all right we'll, we'll talk about now we'll talk about Shayna baser and my girl Kari Zane, and then we'll finish off with the may young classic finals so Shayna Baszler, Kari Zane, rematch, final chance for Baszler. And this was a surprise to me because I really thought she would lose and then we would see her on SmackDown. Not the case. Inevitably defeating Kari Zane, but with help from the four horsewomen of UFC, mm-hmm. we have Misha Tate and the other girl whose name escapes me. I can't remember her. The Hold on. I'm, I'm looking up names right now because those two names, they've, they've escaped me for actually quite a bit. Yeah, Misha Tate is one. I know that for sure. And uh, I can't remember who the other girl is. But um, I can't remember her name right off the hop. But Shayna Baszler, Kari Zane told a great story. Uh, they went back and forth. And I really thought Kari had the edge, much like she did when she defeated Baszler for the title. But what I didn't understand what the head scratch of this match was, when Misha Tate hopped over the ring and literally climbed up the right side of the ring beside the announce table, the referee, she was right in the referee's eyesight. Now Kari Zane knocked her down and therefore gave Baszler time to recovery and then eventually lead into... Uh, Baszler's finisher but why was the bell not rang why was the disqualification not laid the referee saw her hop the apron and come up the side of the ring she was looking right at her so in any other match in any other pay-per-view the minute somebody interferes it's an automatic bell ring but this referee allowed the match to continue or correction 
Vince McMahon and her headphone allowed the match to continue, therefore shutting up the ultimate defeat of Kari Zane to Shayna Baszler. The only way I could see this being the case is that maybe Kari Zane is ready to come up, which if she is, I am jacked, super stoked, love my pirate princess from the day I saw her in last year's Mae Young. Uh, if she does come up, I'm excited. If she comes up, I would love to see her on SmackDown because I would love to see her going toe-to-toe with a Becky or Charlotte. But why this match was allowed to continue after the referee saw the blatant interference, I'll never know. I question a lot. And this is one of those things. This is like an X-Files episode to me where you have to literally question everything. Did you find the names? Yes, and uh, it's uh, it's actually uh, Marina Schaefer and Jessamine Duke. Um, and and uh, um, uh, Misha Tate. She's actually uh, the chick who was on The Ultimate Fighter with Ronda Rousey, and then they ended up fighting each other at the end of that season. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought Misha Tate was one of the... Oh, okay. My apologies. Well, but uh, Marina Schaefer, um, I don't know too much background about her, but I know Jessamine Duke. Um, Jessamine Duke, she was on uh, the first female um, Ultimate Fighter. Uh, and Marina Schaefer, I imagine also. It's just a name that escapes me from that season. Um, and I would imagine also, I'm probably going to go back and find out that they were the two that actually had the match together that was like the barn burner of the whole season. And they literally went out and had a match that was the equivalent to Stefan Bonner and, uh, and, and Forrest Griffin on the very first, the culmination of the Ultimate Fighter. Right. Yeah. Right. They fought like dudes and they went out there and beat the crap out of each other and smiled at the third, during the whole third round, punching the shit out of each other's face. So as far as I'm concerned, um, that was when I was getting really excited when I found out that she was the one I'm like, Jessamine Duke was the one that stood out most to me because she was just so big and stocky and just stood over like all of her opponents. Like she, like she, like she's Zangief or something like that. Like it's ridiculous. But anyway, um, the, the point being is, yeah, I totally agree with you about like that referee's thing and the fact that like they like blatant eyesight you know what i mean it's right right there blatant eyesight but i think when i went back what i understood about that was i think that that actually wasn't supposed to happen and the referee was just ill positioned and actually was literally was not supposed to see that but was positioned actually just all inevitably positioned herself wrongly to actually look at that okay but at that point somebody screwed up their choreography the referee mistimed her steps or the girls were in the wrong position in the ring at that point at that point make the right call because at that point, at the end of that match, everybody's head was scratching. And yeah. then you let Baszler walk away with the title, the other two women behind her. Okay, fine. Yeah. Okay, you're setting up Baszler. Now, now, obviously, this now introduces these two women into the NXT fold. Mm-hmm. Where one of them will eventually turn and want a, want a shot at Baszler's title. I see it all coming. I see the big picture. Totally. But, why you gotta hurt my girl? Why you gotta bring why you gotta bring Kari down with you? Like that's I didn't agree with the end of that match at all. I give the story that was told an epic five star. I really do. This this epic. to me this to me was uh, as epic as the last woman standing match. Yeah. But I I as uh, a head scratcher on the outcome, whether it was ill timed or not, whether the referee was in the wrong position at that point, the camera showed that you literally saw uh, Jessamine Duke. Sorry, now I keep saying Misha Kate. I apologize for her. You see Jessamine Duke climb the apron and Karzane elbows her. At that point, it's a blatant interference. And yeah. whether you're in the wrong position or not, you now have to make the legitimate call. And the legitimate call should have been to ring the bell. That match went on five minutes longer than it should have. But if Kari Zane is ready to come up, my prediction is SmackDown. Because Raw is so oversaturated right now. And Ronda Rousey, she would never get a shot at Rousey in a million years right now. I say SmackDown. Yes. I say I want to see her. I want to see Asuka. I want to see her and Charlotte. Her and Becky. I see Kari Zane just fighting everybody. And putting on epic matches, because I have been about the Pirate Princess from day one. Loved it. Loved the smile, loved the look, loved the athletic ability, loved everything. So that, to me, was a five-star. And now the culmination of our discussion today, before we wrap it up, Tony Storm. 
one of the final four competitors from last year's May Young Classic, is now in the finals, has a chance for redemption against Io Shirai. Yes. Am I right? Thank you. Io Shirai. And man, was this a match for the ages. Back and forth. Athletic. Strength. Hit for hit. Punch for punch. Move for move. At the end of this match, I was exhausted. Exhausted. I was exhausted. And you know what? I would have been okay with either one because they are both absolutely incredible. And I get why Tony Storm eventually came out on top was because NXT UK has officially started. And NXT UK, they want to build the brand. Yeah. She is definitely going to be the face of the NXT women's division for the UK. She's got her brand so down. She's gorgeous. Her character is great. Her in-ring ability is a 10. Is a 10. Okay? Nia Jax is like a negative 67. Tony Storm is a 10. Okay? (laughs) And this is a girl who's only 22. Yeah. This is like the second coming of Paige. This is just everything that it was meant to be. This match, to me, along with the last woman standing match, was match of the night, along with Kari Zane and Shayna Baszler. Those are my top three. I go back and forth sometimes, which one is number one. I gotta give the last woman standing match just a little bit of an edge. But these six women, in their three separate matches, showed me, present, here and now, and showing what the future looks like. And I gotta tell you, from a father of two daughters... The future and who I want my kids to look up to is very, very bright, very bright, very bright. And I'm I, I'm I'm happy that Shayna Baszler gets the second uh, title reign. I'm not really a big fan of the way she carries herself, but she sells herself as such an ignorant. I hate her because, and I, and I think that's why she had, they actually let that 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 happen. I think personally, I think that's purposely why they tactfully allowed that because it was just like, wow, she even snuck out the win and the referee even saw it. Like, what the hell? I hate this bitch even more. And it's like this kind of, this, this amazing heat. Yeah, she's, 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 been she's pouring got that, on oh, this girl. They're oh, she's, all in on Shayna Baszler. It's insane. Well, and I, and I, you know what I wish? You know what I really wish? I really wish Moral was there to call that match because could you imagine the end? Me oh, too. Oh, Jessica Duke. She just, she got up. Oh, this is a travesty. This is an absolute, this is baloney like uh more ronaldo should have been there to call that match 100 get michael cole out of the chair already will you oh the cj scourge of jessamine duke oh <laughs> i love him i love him man and the pirate princess is robbed again yeah <laughs> so, good. so good so good so good but um all in all uh evolution first ever all women's pay-per-view i gotta give it a solid six uh i would have given it more but for me the six just focused around like i said those three matches uh battle royal Big mistake. Uh, Trish and Lita going up against Mickey James and Alicia Fox. Also disagree with that. I really think Trish and Lita versus two NXT girls would have been a way better draw. I believe in the Battle Royal, NXT women should have been put in there because you want to highlight past, present, and future. I don't think the future was highlighted enough. That's really my only beef with the pay-per-view. But was it entertaining? Yes. Was it just as good as any other pay-per-view? I actually have to say, WWE has a lot of stinkers when it comes to pay-per-view. We all remember Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, we all remember Great Balls of Fire. So Evolution was definitely a step up, a huge step up, and a great, great, great step forward for the women in the business that we love, the women in the business that we I, I want my kids to look up to and say, Daddy, I can do that. Damn right you can. You can do anything those women are doing, and you're going to go in there and you're going to own it 10 times more than they can. The fact that my kids are elevated and in love with wrestling because so much because of I, my wife and I are, now my wife and my daughters have somebody to cheer for, other than somebody who's just a pretty face walking around with a butterfly championship. No, give me some gold. 
Give yeah. me some proud. And the women proved that they can literally hold an audience for three and a half hours and sell out an arena. And they did it in absolutely epic fashion. So in all that being said, minus a couple hiccups and a couple huge disagreements that I didn't like, those took points off for me. But I give it a solid six, six to seven. I'm going to go seven, seven out of ten. I would for agree. that pay-per-view. I would I'm agree give with it a seven that. out of ten. All right, next week we are going to try to get with Ace Piva for next week. Is that going to happen? Are we going to try to do that? We're going to try and get a hold of Ace Piva for next week. And uh, if if not, we will keep you guys posted of what's going on of the actual scheduling and when that is actually going to take place 150%. If we can't, here's an idea to propose. Here's an idea I would like to discuss. Crown Jewel is literally coming up. Yeah. It is happening. So I say if, worst case scenario, we don't, we break down Crown Jewel. I want to break down this, you know, tournament of champions. I want to break down... Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar. I don't want to. I know that our, our post pay per view uh, podcast didn't really have much success, but I think this will be kind of fun to talk a little wrestling, kind of go back to the old school straight talk wrestling kind of format, break down the Crown Jewel. What do you think? Is that a good idea? You want to go with that? I think we should go with the the breaking down the match card of Crown Jewel because I think it's going to be a, a really cool. Um, I really I really think it's going to be a really cool event for everybody, and it's underestimated. I think it's really underestimated, and I remember um, a lot of people. That were online. Um, I was doing a lot of comments, searching, and uh, people are hating. Oh on it. my lord! Not not hating on it. They didn't even know if this pay per view is still going on. Like, is this crown jewel thing even still happening? And so, as far as I'm concerned, um, I feel like it's really kind of a blip under the radar of uh, a, a lot of wrestling fans at this moment. Um, so uh, I think, and especially now with the changing of the guard with Roman Reigns and. And uh, him going off to have his epic, epic battle with leukemia, which we still are with you every single day, buddy. We really hope that uh, you're, you're you're pushing as hard as you hum- as humanly possible, and we know you are. Um, but uh, but yeah, now that it's culminated down to um, um, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman, um, that's going to be an epic. You just mentioned great balls of fire, so actually that's going to be really neat to see their to see them go go battle it out for Brock Lesnar Braun Strowman two. And uh, you build an entire card around that, and you add the DX reunion, Brothers of Destruction reunion, and you know, so on and so forth. I think it's going to be an epically well done story of epic, entertaining proportions. All right, so we will do that next Friday. Don't forget, if you don't know the date and time, Crown Jewel is premiering tomorrow. I believe it's on at like 5 a.m. You don't have yeah. to watch it at 5 a.m. If you want to get up and watch it at 5 a.m., all the power to you. Most of us have jobs, we have to go to work. Right. So you can catch it streaming on the WWE Network from tomorrow on. So I'm sure it's going to be good. If you watch it, if you like it, let us know. Uh, next week, spoilers. We're going to be spoiling if you haven't seen it. So if you haven't seen it, don't tune in. But that's what we'll go with for next week. Unless we come up with a surprise, maybe we want to switch up the concept. Who knows? Straight talk. We are ever changing, ever breathing, ever learning. So as always, I am your host with the most, George McKay. I'm Steve the Animal Mitchell. And don't forget to catch up all on our, our previous podcast. We did uh, characters ahead of their time last week. We had the Mick, Proley, Mick Foley Superstar Profile uh, the week before that. We had George the Iceman interview week before that. And we also broke down the house two weeks ago, which yes. was an awesome episode. That was actually a great episode about learning about the business, learning about why we always see the same faces in front of the camera. And if you haven't had a chance, check it out. Check it out because it's really good. So don't forget, as always, Straight Talk Wrestling. We love you. We appreciate you guys listening to. And if you missed it, let them tell you it again. This is Mick Foley and George the Iceman letting you know who you're listening to. Hello, this is the hardcore legend, Nick Foley, and although I've never listened to Straight Talk Wrestling, I think you should. Have a nice day. Hey, this is George the Iceman, president of Destiny World Wrestling, and you're listening to Straight Talk Wrestling. All right, guys, and that's it for us. Till next week, peace out. Peace.
Thank you all so much for tuning in. Catch us every Wednesday at 7.30 on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. Wrestling!